Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Rosie Charrington, Tor Cardona, and special guest, nutritional health coach, yoga teacher, author, new mother. God, Maddie, you're a busy lady, Maddie Shaw. Hi. Hi, and welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm like a massive fan, so I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I love that you've said that. <laughs> That's so good. So good. So the last thing there was new mother, and you were just saying that whilst you're out taking your little man for a walk, you're tuning in to the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. I've kind of, I'm up to date and then I go back as well. I like to kind of go backwards. I've not listened to every single podcast, but I'm almost there. I feel like podcasts have really revolutionised taking your children for a walk or taking new babies for a walk, which is what you do a lot with the little, isn't it? Oh my God. It was the only way I could get him to sleep. Sometimes I was doing like 25,000 steps a day because he just would not sleep apart from on me. So I'd like put him in the ergo baby and a bit out. Could, could you not just sit at home and you had to be up walking? He would not go down in his cot or his anything. And have you managed to kick that now? So now I just do one walk in the morning and then he does his next two naps in his Woo-hoo. cot. Thank goodness. Oh, well, that's Because I was just so tired. God, I can imagine. <laughs> well, we're going to come on to motherhood and we want to hear all about it. Before we do, let's talk about TV. We will start with a bit of TV. And I imagine as a new mum, your social life is taking a bit of a <laughs> nosedive. <laughs> Are yes. you now glued to the TV? Do you know what? I thought I was going to watch way more TV than I do because I'm a massive TV fan. But the one show I recently watched is Friends from College. Oh, yeah. yeah. So on Netflix. Netflix. So I think I maybe got that recommendation from you guys. We it didn't. We, yeah. We've talked was, about it. Someone was talking about it. Astrid I, loved it. You Astrid watched it. it. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's really, look, I felt there was no, there's nothing out there like it. And it was just really fitted. Like sort of, It really filled a kind of gap in the TV, what was going on. And oh, I loved it. And the episodes were all half an hour, weren't they? 40 minutes. So Absolutely. So easy. Just, yeah, I was kind of like, well, I was tidying my room or tidying the kitchen, just put it on. Yes, you don't have to concentrate too much. I yeah. actually did it whilst I, I've got, um, got a couple of workout apps on my phone. Mm. I can't think which ones they're called right now. Body Boss and another one. Sweat, the Kayla one? No. Got the Kayla, yes. Anyway, but I, I would put it on whilst I was doing the app on my phone. And actually, there's a limit to what you can concentrate to. <laughs> I was about to say that. doing a workout <laughs> app. But actually, I found that it was lighthearted enough that I could... Do the two. What, so you, listen, you watch instructions on an app and watch a programme? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, That's why you're so successful. <laughs> multitasking, <laughs> left, right and centre. Seriously multitasking. Um, I tell you what I did watch last night was Hillary Clinton doing a special with Graham Norton. Oh, wow. Do you know about this? No. no. What? Yeah, oh God, I was watching it last night with my husband and I thought, mm, Hillary Clinton, and I thought, it's a bit of a strange marriage, Hillary Clinton, Graham, Graham Norton. Norton. But I suppose kind of a decade ago or whenever it was that he was still on our screens, You'd have gone on Parkinson if you wanted that kind of exposure. But now in the UK, what else is there in terms of chat shows? Definitely not John Ross. If you want kind of big exposure to a big audience, it's Graham Norton, isn't it? And actually, I thought he did quite well, Graham Norton. It's just her. She's a special guest. She's the entire episode. I don't know, just watching it. And I thought, oh, she's she's, historically in interviews, she's been 
very sort of dignified and and anyway she wasn't she really really went for Trump I mean rightly so mm. yeah she said she genuinely hadn't prepared I think it's a concessionary speech or something when you can see to have lost mm. to your opponent she genuinely hadn't prepared anything to say because she thought that she was going to win and he genuinely hadn't prepared a kind of acceptance <laughs> speech or whatever it is because he genuinely didn't think he was going to win that is madness and suddenly yeah. this happened and and the stuff she says about him, you kind of forget everything that came out about his, especially with the Harvey Weinstein um, saga that's um, now emerged. She said, you know, all this stuff emerged about Trump assaulting women in the run-up to the election, and it was basically just battered out of the park. Yet this, this is the man now running the country, mm. and anyway, she doesn't hold back. But you kind of sit there and think, I mean, you just really feel for her that she lost to him. Mm. Absolutely. It's really interesting. That interesting. It's really worth watching. And I, as I said, I thought she'd be really tight-lipped and stoic, which she always was about Bill Clinton. You know, she never said a bad word against her husband. For years and years and years, she was so dignified because she obviously knew she was going to run for the top job. And so she, you know, she needed to be married and she needed him. And, you know, they were a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of, aren't they? They're sort of like the royal family of the States, people always said. But anyway, this time around, she didn't hold back. Oh, good for her. Yeah, so I think it's, it's definitely worth it. So was that on a Friday? I don't know, I watched it on Catch Up last night. Let's talk about restaurants. You're obviously a nutritional health coach. Yeah. Do you go out? Do you, do you have treats? Do you have bad days? You know, what, yeah, what's your... Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's like French uh, patisserie. So like lemon tart, croissants. That's like my... That's like, I don't really love like dirty burgers or like fried food. For me, it's like, yes, yeah, sweet French patisserie. Mm. I feel like that's a good thing to say. Yeah. Like. It's yeah. the right reason to have a cheat day, right? <laughs> and I've tried to make healthy croissants and they just don't work. Really? Yeah, it just, a lot of butter. You've got a lot of butter. Actually, I think when you look flour. at pastry, I mean, <laughs> it, it shocks me. I remember when I had a cook at my house cooking supper mm. and she bought most of the stuff and her something was going wrong with her pastry. Mm. So she had to whiz round to the shop and buy some more ingredients. And she made it in front of me and I was like, Holy shit! I saw the amount of butter that I was like, "That it's better not to look." I know, but that's why it's so bloody delicious. Like a quiche. Absolutely. I can never. Oh, quiche yeah. is so fattening. It's I know, but it just doesn't. You know, there's nothing wet in it. There's nothing. Well, I guess a quiche is a bit wet, but I, I can just never quite believe how bad a quiche is for you. If you look on the back of a higgedy quiches, I just love a higgedy quiche. Mm. I can never quite believe on the back of the box how bad they are for you. But a quiche is obviously the pastry, but the, the feeling is got cream in it, hasn't it? Yeah, and eggs, eggs and then cheese. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah it's got a few things in there. <laughs> so what about um, Indians? We wrote a piece on London's coolest Indian restaurants. Do you like Indian food? Well, yeah, my boyfriend is half Indian and pretty much would love to eat Indian for breakfast, lunch and dinner if he could. He loves Indian food. So does he cook Indian at home? Um, he cooks Indian at home. And then where do we go? Lots of, like, I have to say Tooting has the best Indian. It's not kind of glamorous in any way, but it's packed full, you know, the most amazing freshness anywhere along kind of between Tooting Back and Tooting Broadway. They've got so many great Indian restaurants. Tooting Market is a bit of a thing yeah. now, isn't it? Not that I've been, but Richard's nodding. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> but I hear there are some good Indians there. But now I feel oh. like these restaurants are actually bringing kind of proper Indian yes. cooking to England, whereas before we just had the, yeah. The yeah, it's like sort of modern, it's, yeah, and it's sort of sophisticated, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I went to Jim Carner, um, we went to a friend's 40th and he, very kindly took a load of us um, and we did a tasting menu. I mean, it was completely, mm. in, I mean, just incredible. Every mouthful was just so full of flavour. And I now love Indian food, but I mean, God, how the worm has turned. My husband always teases me and he's like, God, I can never get you into an Indian restaurant. Um, and actually really funny, there was one I got the other day on Deliveroo called Motu. I don't know if anyone's had it. 
Anyway, I just, just Googled it because I, I, I remembered it. And it's founded by the Gymkhana, the, the, the founders of Gymkhana. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really, it's not like expensive. It's just really, I remember thinking it was like bloody good Indian. Yeah. And that's why. There you go. Motu is really good. And they deliver all over London. And Dishoom is obviously the one that everyone yeah. raves about. Oh, I love Dishoom. And has anyone been to cricket? No, that's on my list. I really want no. to go. I really want to go. But they've actually set up a separate kitchen just specifically for Deliveroo because um, really? obviously that's oh, wow. the new way people eat now. Um, so I hope it's going to deliver down to Wandsworth. So cricket, oh if you're listening. Goodness. What about books? Do you have much time for reading? <laughs> no. I am reading a book called, ooh, this one's terrible. It's about Danish parenting. I think it's like how to bring up your kids the Danish way or something. That's interesting. I'm loving it. What is the Danish way? Enlighten us. Well, it's very cougar. Yeah. You know, because they say like they're the, happiest, they're the happiest country, you know, how that gets infiltrated through parenting. Um, so it's a lot to do with like, they say that anxiety in children comes from giving them too much praise. So you shouldn't say to your son or your daughter, you're so beautiful, you're so amazing, that picture's incredible. Because it makes them feel like, I'm really good at everything. And then the minute they don't do something well, they feel like... Like they're failing. Yeah, they're failing. So you say, when they give you a picture, you say, that's interesting. What did, what did you think about when you, when you drew this dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so you get them to like, think about what they're doing and and then they say you know you shouldn't react quickly you know you should keep calm all the time because if you're how do you expect them to calm down if you're not calm and it's, oh, it's, it's just really God, interesting what are you doing <laughs> but they say it's really hard to do because most people just you know will parent the way their parents parented them because it's just all the people around them because you just it's just easier isn't it because yeah. you do and what they're doing. Actually, yeah absolutely but it's it's really interesting it kind of says it's very it's a soft approach but i i don't know i, I like it interesting yeah, yeah really interesting. i like that maybe we should do a piece yeah on is it a new parenting thing shall we i'm not sure it's it's an either an english or an american woman moving over there and kind of understanding which is the best way because you understand it better because she's relearning parenting yeah. from a different perspective. And she's observing yeah. it, whereas to them Absolutely. it's just... Absolutely. They're just like, this is what we do. Yeah. It's like French children don't throw food. I'm sure Absolutely. that was an American in Paris. She was, yeah. Who observed that. Um, so that's what you're reading. What are you reading, Rosie? Um, I am reading one of the books from um, our article, New Books to Colour with This Autumn. Um, Carla wrote this and I was reading it. I bought two of them. Um, the Silent Companions by Laura Purcell, which is a kind of Edgar Allan Poe-esque gothic ghost story and um, I'm saving that one for Halloween because it looks really good and <laughs> scary and the one I've started reading is Meet Me in the Bathroom Rebirth Ooh. and Rock and Roll in New York City from 2001 to 2011. That looks really good. It is really good so it's been hailed as the definitive history of the indie era this woman who wrote it Lizzie Goodman she went to college with the Strokes and grew up around all those bands in New York um, it's an oral history so it's told by she did over 200 interviews with bands from the Strokes, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Interpol, and it's all these little stories and snippets from band members, kind of flying on the wall journalism. It's oh, so it's like a series of, of interviews? Kind of snippets from it on different subjects. Um, and it's really, really juicy, kind of loads of gossip in there as well as kind of I history. really want to read that. It's, yeah. it's great. Really Talking great. of the States, I also really want to read Manhattan Beach. <gasps> Me too. I feel like, like the whole world is reading that book. Yeah, right now. everyone's talking about it. It looks really good. I'm reading the most random book at the moment, actually, on the topic um, by Daphne du Maurier. Called Jamaica Inn. Oh yeah. Have you read it? I think it's I have years ago, actually. I was a bit of a Daphne du Maurier fan yeah. back in the day. Um, it's bizarre. Well, yeah, I was kind of obsessed with Rebecca. I mean, yeah. obsessed. Have you seen the old, old film? I Rebecca? have. It's terrifying. No. It's really terrifying. I used to like, haunt my childhood. I, know, I don't know why they haven't done the sort of yeah. big Hollywood 
remake of it. Or like a Sunday night BBC drama. Yeah, yeah they should. Oh, we need that. If yeah. anyone's listening, we need a <laughs> yeah. modern day Rebecca. It's such a good story, isn't yeah. it? Really, really good. And so yeah, I think I did read Jamaica in. Yeah, I've been part of a book club, but we decided, we always, always do kind of um, current stuff. We decided to go back and do a classic. I think that's nice to do a classic because there are so many that I haven't read. Have you done a book club, Maddie? I really want to start one. I know. I think I like I just sort of sent a message out to a few friends when I was pregnant, and they were all like, "Yeah, yeah, definitely." And then, you know, I had a baby, and it just sort of. But maybe I'll. You should. I'll I'll reach out. Yeah. It sounds really fun. So you do it monthly. We actually well, it depends. This one has been a month, but usually it's like um, six, six, seven weeks. Okay. So it's enough time, um, but it's basically more like a wine club. We we do it <laughs> for like five minutes. Fine. It's really fun. And it's with girls I didn't really know. So it's quite a nice way to meet new people. Yeah, is it? How did you get into it with girls um, you didn't really know? With my best friend and then all her like uni friends. Okay. But we since had like two other people join. It's really nice. It's really sociable. I feel like we're an old woman going to a book club. But. I really want to start <laughs> with Bridge. Do you know anyone who's Bridge. Bridge? You're looking at me like I'm my not. My mum does. Your mum. So does my mum. My granny was a really amazing bridge player. But I feel yeah. like at some point... I've got to learn Bridge. Book club Bridge. God. It's, it's, it's cards, right? Bridge? Yeah. 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 There's a place in Parsons Green. Andrew that's Robson. meant to be the, the best place to go. He's like the dawn of. <laughs> Yeah, I know all about Andrew Robson. But I do think mm -hmm. when you're old, uh, there's a lot of enjoyment to be had from bridge. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I want to be good at bridge because mm. it will fill my days. Yeah. So I've got to start now. With my competitive nature, I'm, I'm panicking that when I'm 65, my bridge skills aren't going to be. What What's the essence of it? Like, what What is how, bridge? How many people do you It's need? a bit like it's uh, whist, four. I think. So you transcend. You play in pairs, so it would yeah. be like us four, and me and Georgie would be a team, and you two would be a team. And then we're playing together, and it's about God. My grandma would be very ashamed of me, well, but likewise, she's really good. Um, it's about suits, so you're collecting hearts, and then it's a bit like whist. Yeah. I think if you're if you're good at whist, <laughs> I think you're you're you know heading in the right direction. But I think you know I think it gets a bad rap, bridge. But you know my parent, my stepmom plays bridge with her girlfriends. I mean, they start at lunchtime, and they're still going. I mean, the cards are a thing of the past. They're still there, shall we say, mm. at sort of eleven o'clock that night on bottle of wine number I don't know what. But I think I think it's really fun. My parents go on holiday and they play it with friends, and I it's think really it's, sociable. I think it is really yeah. sociable, but it has got this, you know, bad. I think it's a, it's a, a skill as well. So you just the more and more you play, the better you get. Racing <laughs> Demon? Do you have to play Racing Demon? No. Oh my I'm god! So I'm, cards. I'm lost right now. I'm so bad. No one's played Racing Demon. I'm, no. God. See, so my family are big. They're quite big cards players. Anyway, if you like patience and you like a card game, Racing Demon is a brilliant, brilliant game. Anyway. Bridge. Didn't know how we got to bridge, but we did. Anyway, from books to bridge. Let's talk about fitness. You wrote a piece tour on the 11 fitness events anyone can sign up to. Yoga in the walkways, the Santa Run, and the London Marathon. Yes. I hear you're running the London Marathon. I'm running the London Marathon. First yes. marathon? Yeah, I've done a couple of halves. Halves. Have you? Um, yeah, I love running. Um, and I've always said I only do it if I got a place <clears throat> through the ballot. Um, but now it comes. I mean, it's impossible to get into the ballot. There's like a one in, you know, a hundred. So, it's so what are your options for someone who's not run a marathon? There's the ballot or a charity place, which obviously right. you could get very easily because they want you to raise money. Okay. Um, but I didn't get in the ballot, and I was like, you know what? I kind of convinced myself this was my year. Um, so I went through a charity and I got a place, which is great. But so, so sorry, some people run the London Marathon and they're not doing it for charity. Well, I think you can, but I think you don't. You can get a place in the ballot, but most people do choose to find a charity to support right but technically yes you can do it and not raise money for charity and is there a minimum you have to raise depends on the charity right so yeah. who have you gone for um ms uk my uncle's got ms so i think it's nice to have a personal connection um but i think cancer research and a lot of the bigger ones they want 4k so what do you have to raise mm, i think it's one and a half or no two okay it's doable yeah, yeah. that sounds doable i yeah. think you're right a personal connection it also means you 
you've, you can go out to sort of family that exactly because it, you know, I find you get asked a lot I know no one wants to say no you always want to support people don't you but yeah. you're like god another person running a marathon for charity I know, I know. anyway exciting yeah exciting. so what what happens now so where are we we're in October April 22nd yeah so training starts properly like in January um but I won't anyway so I'm just going to try and keep that up until I start proper proper training but it's nothing like scientific you just increases increase your mileage each week have you run a marathon Maddie? God, no. I mean, I can only do 10 minutes. I, for me, it's boredom. I really, I'm with you. I, I really struggle to just relax into a run. I can go to an exercise class. I could do anything like that. I can walk for hours and hours, but running, oh my God, 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm done. Really? I, yeah. I can't push past that. And I want to get that bliss. You know, people say runner's bliss, where you're you just... hit the wall. Yeah, I'm just, I can't, it's just mm. not for me. Do no, you know, fair enough. Do you know, I'm, I'm with you, actually. Mm. I'm not a runner at all i'm very fit and i go to the gym five times a week and um i watch tv or i listen to podcasts but when we went on holiday this summer we went with another family and they're both big runners my husband's got quite into running and there was no gym and we ate and drank and ate and drank and ate and drank so i was like i need to do some exercise so i started going running with my friend and i mean we're talking like running for an hour this is how much these people run mm -hmm. that to me is a long time even though i would do cardio for that long but just not running and I started listening to podcasts when I was running. I was about to say that. And actually. I found that if it was a really interesting podcast, I did break through. And I'm totally with you. I find it so dumb. Like, oh, I've done three minutes. I'm literally clock watching every <laughs> minute. But anyway, for me, podcasts took me to that level. And I've since started running a couple of times a week and not going to the gym because it's quicker because you have to drive there and come back. And you, know, you just. And it's also nice to, it's nice to be outside as well. Mm. It's so and good I, to get fresh air. I've really found that podcasts have helped me break through that <laughs> real mm. pain of counting the minutes. So. And I think obviously when it gets down to the like, obviously, you know, two, three hour, four hour runs, you don't want, I think it's good to have actually someone chatting to you like a podcast because mm. music just will get really tiresome. And I don't obviously don't want to have music on the day. So what do you listen you to something? Yourself. I think people don't listen to things. No, also like. for safety. And B, I, the crowds are amazing. And my dad did it and he said that's just all he remembers is the crowds. Just, they lift you up all the way. And it's a long time though, four hours. I mean. I've got at least four hours. Have you got a time mm, that you're aiming for? Kind of, but I'm not going to put pressure on myself. No. Quite right. Yeah, you know. God, you good for you, Tor. I think that's amazing. Everyone is running. I don't even run for the bus, so I can't. I read a really interesting article that was like talking about running for a bus and when you run for a bus it's a really unnatural run because you're a you're like sprinting that you would never you just go for it and you're not wearing the right shoes I bet if you actually put your mind to it you could you could run I run like Phoebe and friends run so I'd rather do anything else than a run I don't know why maybe it's like the impact I'd like I wouldn't mind running on grass but I heard that running on the streets is actually really bad for your knees. I mean, running is not the best thing for you, but... Well, talking of running and talking of fitness challenges, I thought the secret gin run sounded like it was right up my street. Yeah, that was a very SL choice, that one. All runners are treated to a well-deserved gin and tonic post-run. I was hoping there was a gin stop every 2K, but anyway, there's one at the end, which I thought was quite a good incentive to get through it. Have you heard of the Marathon de Medoc? Somewhere in France, but at every mile... You, you, there's like wine and different kind of foods so like oysters, <laughs> cheese, and you have to finish it in like less than eight hours. But it's one of my friends just did it. Were they sick? And it's actual, it's an actual marathon. Yeah, no, people treat it like oysters what? in between. I know. I mean, I think that's brilliant. That I sounds that. really fun. I know it's mad, but like also, I think it's super dangerous to be like chugging wine and like eating cheese <laughs> and running. But, it's, but that's clearly why you've got eight hours to complete yeah. it. But it's quite funny. Yeah, I know, hilarious. Mm -hmm. The other thing I put on here was the yoga class up Tower Bridge, which is. Um, 42 meters above the river, um, but I did the one up the Shard, which is on the 72nd floor, which was amazing. I really recommend it. If anyone, really, it's just so high up. 
And obviously, if you're net, you know, if that's the glass, you're just there. So, Tower Bridge, you've got glass below you, haven't you? Yes. But the shard is obviously yeah, all yeah. around you. Oh, I've done one of the Sky Garden. The Sky oh, Garden, you? that was really, really nice. Because it kind of felt like you're a bit outside, but then you're inside, yeah. so you can do it if it rains. But that was good. So, Maddie, let's talk about you and your exercise regime. Do you feel the pressure? How old is Shay? So, Shay is 11 weeks old. Do, so, you, do you feel the pressure to get moving again? Have you started moving again? Well, you're walking a lot. Yeah, no, not, not pressure at all. Because um, that's, I don't know, it's just not very me. I kind of started walking really quickly. People always like, I can't believe you're out and about. It was mainly just because it got him to sleep. But I was kind of doing walks every day from three days old or something. Just popped him in the little baby carrier and went outside. Because you obviously had a good birth. I had a really yeah. good birth. So he came a week early which I was not expecting. Someone was like, your first is late. How lovely is that? That's sort of yeah. perfect, because they're cooked, but you're not, you, have to, you don't have to go in and bear it for too Yeah, too exactly. Long. So I'd, I'd gone at the 38-week appointment to my GP, and she was like, you're enormous. He's gonna be <laughs> we, didn't know, we didn't know the sex. He was like, he or she is going to be 10 pounds, definitely. Like, you know, if you're overdue, maybe bigger. And I was like, oh, my God, like... You know, you get on the forums, <laughs> you're sweating. So I was really anxious actually leading up to it, which wasn't very nice. Um, you know, looking into elective C-sections. Anyway, I started to go into labour on the Wednesday and I was getting back pain and I was like, maybe this is something called my mum. She was like, this is probably something, but this happened to me for a week. So don't get too worried. And I was like, okay. And then that evening, uh, Kieran got home and I said, you know, I think I'm going to labour, don't panic. <laughs> and he was like, obviously, started sweating. I was like, can we just go into the hospital? Because like, I couldn't feel much movement. I was a bit worried about that. We went in and they said, look, you're not in active labour, but um, it's just Braxton Hicks. And Kieran was like, I've heard about Braxton Hicks on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's nothing. I saw Rachel had it on Friends. <laughs> and I was like, so I was like, oh, whatever. Went home, was kind of having contractions through the night, could semi-sleep. Woke up in the morning and I was like in horrific pain. You're like, this is it. I was like, this is better be it. Because <laughs> and I, so they were coming every three minutes, called the hospital. They were like, they really try and keep you at home, mm. don't they? They're like, you know, it sounds okay. Just, you know, you, you're still speaking on the phone, so you must be okay. Oh my God. Someone said once, real contractions is can't walk, can't talk. I remember having that yeah. moment, hugging the banister and going, okay, I can't walk, I can't talk, I can't go now. I suppose together they have to be for you to go in or they let you come in. So they say two to three minutes, okay. but even though I said that on the phone, they were like, it's fine, have a bath. So I had a bath. The bath did not help. Had a hot water bottle, it burst all over me. At about 12 p.m. I was like, let's, we're going in. Kieran was like, you're having Braxton Hicks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a swearer, but I was just swearing left, right and centre. Got into the hospital. They were like, yeah, you're seven centimetres. Well done, you. I mean, I was like, turn around to Kieran. And I was like, <laughs> like, I was so angry with him because he was like totally convinced that I was still having Braxton Hicks. Anyway, had an epidural, could not recommend it enough. Good I girl, well done you. I right. never, I was, I remember, you know, they tell you in all the classes, you know, it's best not to have it. It was great. It took all the bollocks, pain away. Bollocks is not best to have it. Yeah. They've even actually, they backtrack now saying midwives who put pressure on you not to have pain relief. Yeah. They're, actually, they're actually causing more damage some of the time really? because you can actually injure, you know, with tears and things like that. I won't go into too much detail. Because mm. um, I, I, I had, the, if you had the epidural, obviously I've never had a baby. Mm. This is like 
you know, what you read on the internet, I heard that if you had one, it can increase your risk of tearing because you don't know when to push. That's what but I thought. That's, yeah, that's what it's, maybe that's why they try and convince you not to. Well, there was a big it. article recently saying that actually midwives are quite naughty for putting that pressure on you. But ultimately, you know, an epidural slows it down and costs mm. the NHS more money. So, so they'd rather you didn't. Oh, it slows it down? Yeah. yeah. So, so I got the epidural put in and suddenly all the pain was gone. And then we went and got some sushi. Ooh. So, well, Kieran went out and got some sushi. <laughs> and we, were like, <laughs> we were just eating sushi in the labour ward. And then she suddenly said, start pushing. And you, you generally can't feel anything. I couldn't believe it. I was like smiling, going, because like, you're, you're, you feel like you're pretending to push. Yeah. That's so yeah, weird. It it's a weird, very weird temptation. And I, I had a really, really great labour. It was only 40 minutes. Came out. It was, it well, was perfect. Sounds like oh. you went through the ringer at home. I mean, yeah. In the run-up, <laughs> when you were not having Braxton Hicks, you were actually in full-on labour. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was, honestly, I was so nervous about it. And my mum hadn't had a very good birth. And she told me this awful story when I was 37 weeks. And you hear these awful stories. But... It was really magical, it really oh, was, yeah, and we only stayed in the hospital for 24 hours. Where were you? At Chelsea and Westminster, and they were so amazing. Mm. Yeah, I've had all mine there, and I agree, I have to say, I mean, I had such amazing experiences, and you hear, you do hear so many horror stories, but you don't hear all the amazing, amazing stories, and I thought they were so exceptional. I agree, they were so good. I had, you know, breastfeeding consultant come in, I had someone testing his hearing, his eyesight, like... You know, you feel, you leave, I mean, obviously you're terrified because you leave with a baby, but you feel like, you know, they have done everything to make sure that he or she, your baby is healthy. Can I, can I ask about the epidural? I'm so intrigued about this. So can you just decide on the day if you want one or do you, you don't have to like, yeah. And in Bridget Jones, which is obviously my only kind of like corporate <laughs> friend. The reference you know, all things. Yeah. Bridget Jones. Um, so she doesn't have, she can't have an epidural because they say it's too late. Mm. But so at what stage is it too late? 10 centimetres, nine or 10 centimetres. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Centimeters. I so mean, if you I dilate it too far, what's yeah. the earliest you can have it? Can you just have three? Oh, I think three. Three. Five. Just have it. Or when the, when the pain is too much, like Maddie was saying, they don't like to bring you in too early because so often labour stops and starts mm. and they be a few days and. Um, so we try and wait, but I, with my first, I also waited and I spoke to them on the phone and I was talking to them and they were like, oh, I think you're fine. And we eventually went in and they examined me and they were like, oh, you're a good seven centimetres. And I was like, oh, I want an epidural, so you need to get an anaesthetist now. And then two minutes later, I was like, I think I need to push. So I didn't get one. And with my other two, I made very sure that I got one. What are your options if you don't have one? Gas and air. Because that still exists, that's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Does that actually do anything, gas and air? It may be really dizzy. Yeah. It may be really dizzy. Um, and actually, 
Kieran was on the gas in air when I was pushing, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to thank you that. Hopefully he's not listening to the podcast. No, I don't That's think he hilarious. is. Yeah, yeah, he was on the gas in air. Oh, guy. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it is pretty full on for the guy as well, you know. Yeah. Was he in there in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head side. Good, head side. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The pub burning down. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Ben won't use that quote again. No. Um, oh, God, it is. It's cheesy, but it is just the most amazing, life-changing thing, isn't it? It really is. And people say that to you so many times. And when you don't have a child, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're. I feel like the love I have for him is just outrageous. And like the love I have for Kieran, like everything. When I see him smile or when I see them together, it's like heaven. Oh like, God, I just you don't literally just give me else. goosebumps. I'm sitting here in this hot room feeling quite emotional. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I like, yeah, I always tear up when I see them. Sometimes oh, I sing God. to him and he laughs and I start crying. Oh my God. No, that, moment, that moment when you come home and I, yeah. my, my little brother, his wife has just had their first baby and they're in New York and they are like you, just so overcome with love for this baby. And, and I was saying just before um, they had a boy as well, he arrived. I was saying to my husband, I was like, do you remember that moment? And, God, with, with the others, giving birth is still as amazing and, and that doesn't change at all. But I just remember that moment when you go home and you're three and it's just, I mean, you just never get that feeling again. Like, it's yeah. so special, isn't it? It is. It is, it is incredible. And now, yes. here we are, 11 weeks on, we're talking about fitness. Um, I saw you doing a little Instagram circuit the other day. You're, you're, what, you're walking lots? Yeah, so and talk about exercise and, and how you get back into your. You're looking very trim. Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, I downloaded the Kayla Sweat app because they have a postnatal program on it. Because I told this personal trainer that I was doing the Kayla app, and they were like, "No, no, no," because it's like burpees and quite intense. But they've got a postnatal one. So anyone listening, I can't recommend it enough. It's really great. You work hard enough that you feel like you've done something, but you're not pushing yourself overboard. Um, and you need minimal equipment so you can do it at home. It's 30 minutes, so it's great, you can do it during a nap. Um, so I do that, and then um, on days that I'm not with him, I go to bar core, which again, I think is really great, just because it's, I definitely notice that my core is really weak, especially my stomach, because obviously your stomach muscles get so stretched. Um, so I'm doing that, and then walking, and I'm kind of tempted to go to F45. Oh my God, that's so intense. It looks really intense, but, Tell us what F45 so is. So F45 is this new, I mean, it's taking, they say it's the apple of the fitness world. So it's something like, I can't remember how many are being sold, but it's, um, it's a franchise, it's a franchise it? and it, they're just being, they're popping up everywhere. I mean, there's hundreds now. And what do you do? So it's a 45 minute class. Um, it's kind of the station. So it's some, I think they kind of do one cardio day, one more weights day. You do a range of different exercises, repeating them in circuits. Like hit stuff. I think it's met yeah. metabolic training. Metabol yeah, functional training. Yeah. Just really intense. God, Maddie, that's hardcore. Yeah, 11 weeks really in, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I haven't done it yet, but I, I see it. And I'm like, oh, it looks like you'd really get in there. You'd do your work and then you'd get out and you'd... I don't it's, know. It's so <laughs> handy, like, just there as well. You could just absolutely you know, give it a shot. But everyone looks incredibly fit in it. Um, so it's called F... F45. God, I need to check that out. Mm, you should go, Georgie. You'd probably quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think I would. Let's talk about porridge. Because whilst it's well known for being filling and energy boosting and low GI... Apparently, it's also good at reducing your cholesterol and better at reducing cholesterol than statins, which I thought was really interesting. You wrote this piece, yes, Rosie. Yes, I did. So a nutritionist came forward and said that he thought if everyone started there with porridge, it would have a significant impact on public health. Um, that's because oats contain soluble fibre in way higher quantities than other grains like wheat. Um, and the soluble fibre, without going into it in huge detail, it basically forms the gel in the gut that absorbs 
extra which keeps you strong, which made me think of Slimmy. Yes, that's why yes. Slimmy is clever because and porridge is what you should eat to keep full of and not eat. Anyway, interesting. Makes Sorry. sense. Yes. Yeah. So it's great for doing that, um, and it has similar results to statins, but with none of the side effects. Um, statins have quite a lot of side effects, like nausea, nosebleeds, headaches, and um, so many Brits have prescribed them. This guy was like, just eat porridge instead. It's better. I thought that was so interesting. It, it really made me want to get back into porridge. Yeah. Paddy, you're a big porridge. Yeah. How do you make it interesting? Because that's what I want to know. If you have to eat porridge every single day, like you've got to mix it's it up a bit. It's delicious. How do you need to make oh, it interesting? I love porridge. What yeah. is plain? What no, is I, I think you've got to go with your spices. So you've got to get Ooh. definitely cinnamon in there, definitely mm. vanilla, maybe a bit of cardamom, you know, nutmeg if you're starting to get Christmassy. And then just go seasonal with your fruit. Um, you know, so fruit's slightly getting le less, less options in the fruit spectrum. But, you know, maybe make your apples. You could roast them. You could, you know, even chop them up into little pieces and put a little bit of, like, butter and cinnamon and kind of cook them up for a few minutes and put them on top of that porridge. You've got nuts, you've got seeds, you've got so many options God, for your porridge. God, my porridge is yeah. so boring. I just don't think you can beat honey, bananas and raisins. Yeah. Is that really dull? No, no. I think that's Do you think awesome. honey's, is honey bad, do you think? No, I think we get a little bit obsessed with banning lots of different foods because, you know, if you research any food, you know, you could say spinach is bad for you because, you know, it's got oxalates in it. You could say, you know, anything in excess can be bad for you but I think that honey is a great form of sweetness you just don't go overboard and let just use a little bit it's got antioxidants in it you know it is incredibly good for you and what do you think about artificial sweeteners what do you think about things like stevia I think stevia is not a bad thing I think especially for people with diabetes it's really good because it does no effect on your blood sugar levels oh, really? whereas honey does so you know depending on what kind of diabetes you have but um so I think it is good for me it's just Oh, it's quite a full-on taste. I think some people don't mind the taste of it. I just don't like it that much. It's, it's really, really artificial. Yeah. I think but stevia isn't artificial, is it? No, it is Not a natural sweetener. Um, so it's better for you than things like, you know, spartan meat and all this. Absolutely. Yeah. It isn't bad for you, um, but it depends if you like the taste of it. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's, no, it's mm -hmm. no sugar. It tastes <laughs> burnt, kind of like burnt. How do you think? I, I love it. Sponge sugar. Yeah, you're a big mm. stevia fan, aren't I you? Louise Parker is a big stevia fan. Yeah. What are your other? So you're a big porridge eater, um, advocate, we know. Um, what are your other sort of go-tos, the things that fill you up but are, are healthy? For breakfast or just in general? In general. Uh, for breakfast, I probably, yeah, I probably make porridge, smoothie or an omelette. Those are my kind of three go-tos, just because they're quick yeah. and you can mix them up so they don't get too boring. Um, so if it's an omelette, it's normally like two or three eggs, depending on how hungry I am, and then I'll try and stuff it with vegetables. I don't think we're eating enough vegetables, so I try and get at least one to two portions of vegetables in each meal. So if that's a smoothie, I'll put a handful of spinach, kale, you know, whatever veg I've got in the fridge. Um, and if it's an omelette, I often grate courgette and then fold it in the middle. Ooh, kind of cooks it through. Uh, or I put frozen peas on one half. I'm going to have an omelette for supper tonight. <laughs> that's, I'm just, you're literally, my mouth is watering. It's 5.20 <laughs> and, and I'm sold. What about for lunch? What do you have? What do I have for lunch? Um, I'm really big into like broths just because they're so quick. So I'll do like chicken stock, I'll chuck some like a salmon fillet, um, maybe some like rice noodles and um, I don't know, whatever veg, bok choy, chilli, ginger, garlic. And it's you just put it all in a pot. It's great with a baby because you can chuck it in, you'll leave it to cook for five to ten minutes, play Ooh. with the baby, come back and then you just start eating it. Maybe I should have that for supper instead. <laughs> so many options. I have Amazing. to say, um, I've got your new book and I absolutely love it. My, at home I have got so many cookbooks but that is the one I use all the time. Oh, that's really kind. Because that's praise indeed, Maddie, coming from <laughs> tour. But like, the recipes are actually 
they're not ridiculous ingredients and they're just easy. Your the, the prawn korma with the coconut milk. Oh, yeah, I make that like. I have to say, I, I concur though because we do get so many sent to the office, and I generally was like, oh, I, I want, I want this coffee. I want to take it home, and I don't say that very yeah. often either. I mean, I take Paul's praise over mine. <laughs> More of a cook than I am, but it, it is really, yeah. Yeah, I love so it. Right. So it good. really is oh, a good book. I love Thank it. You. I think it really stood out. As I said, I was like, oh, I could do that, and I, you know, they're actually things you could do yeah which exactly. people say all too often but in reality mm. it's always the case yeah so broths for lunch anything else and then what else am i making at the moment easy suppers yeah like easy suppers i sort of do like tray bakes so cod smoked paprika garlic olives and then like sweet potato courgette like chopped up and then just chuck that all in the oven so tra- tray bakes are definitely another thing that i do or sl- i slow cook things so like a big shoulder of lamb and a slow cooker with like oh, tomato, so harissa. I actually yeah. want to tell me about tomato. <laughs> slow cooked lamb is just it's, oh, and yeah. slow cooked pork actually. Absolutely. Both, so like yeah, th- those are other things that I like to do. Um, and what about snacks? What do you have for a healthy snack? I'm not a massive snacker, I have to say, just because I don't know. It's just me. Uh, but normally nuts or uh, juice or like I sometimes just make like a turmeric latte. Like I love like a warm like nut milk or something like that. Oh, let's talk about Speaking nut milk. Yeah, that's that's for the list, Maddie. Um, because yes, you wrote this piece about almond milk, well, nut milks, and apparently if you drink lots of milk alternatives, you might be risking an iodine deficiency. Yeah, so this really shocked me because I only ever drink almond milk, hemp milk, oat milk, don't drink normal milk. Um, and apparently if you don't have enough dairy or any dairy, you can be really deficient in iodine. So many alternative milks are actually enriched with calcium, but not iodine. Um, so you can be deficient, which is really bad. It's an essential mineral. Interesting. And iodine's important for the thyroid, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really important. And I did wonder if I was deficient because a while ago I had a huge craving for shellfish, an insane craving for it, and I don't know why. And then I read that shellfish is a huge source of iodine. So maybe mm. that could be why. I don't know. <laughs> Do you drink cow's milk? Uh, no, I don't. And not from a health perspective, just I never have. My mum used to shovel Nesquik into my milk when I was little because I just hated it. Me too. I've never, never liked the thought of drinking a glass of milk. Oh, oh it gives me goodness. shivers. I used to go to people's houses. For a sleepover, and their mothers would produce a glass of milk, and I'd be like yeah. retching as she kind of forced us to drink this milk. I think it's revolting. Yeah, it's not like my children aren't big milky milk drinkers either. Do they still force kids to drink milk in school? Because well, that has horrible memories. Funny enough, they, they actually, um, I don't know if they force, but in my children's school, you get an option for them to give your children milk at break time. And I, my husband and I are both on the mailing list, and I opted out because our children don't really like drinking milk. And he was like, I think they should drink it. And I was like, they don't like it. They have it in their cereal every day. That's not forced them to drink milk. You know, mm. so I opted out. Um, but it's, 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 yeah, I think yeah. I think it's really encouraged. But I think it's more for children that aren't getting a balanced diet at home, and it's sort of making sure that some children who aren't perhaps as well looked after get what they need. Mm. Yeah, and also, Maddie, you probably know way more than I do. But my problem with so many of these milk alternatives, some of them are so like I just have nothing in them, like. Almond milk is like just water with a bit of sugar and there's like no protein, there's nothing in it. I know me too, but it's just like nutritionally, there's not much in it. I think they're not as nutritious as dairy milk, but dairy milk, not the chocolate, (laughs) (laughs) cow's milk. Um, However, I think that they are more digestible and I think that cow's milk has been linked to lots of problems. A lot of people have acne from it, you know, people can't digest it as easy. 
especially also some of the treatment of cows these days, you know, they're sort of given so many hormones so that they're lactating all the time. Imagine, you know, obviously you lactate once you've given birth. Imagine if you were constantly lactating all the time, mm. you know, it's not quite right. So I just, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some amazing farms that produce cow's milk in the right way. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's, that's not your average pint for Sainsbury's. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult, um, but you can get iodine from kelp. You can get it, like you said, from shellfish. There's lots of different sources. So I don't think that drinking almond milk necessarily will mean that you're deficient. I mean, we've all got to kind of have a balanced diet, basically. And it's good to just get checked as well, you know, get checked on deficiencies. Is it better to be an early bird or a night owl? Maddie, early bird or night owl? Definitely early bird. Um, what time do you get up? What time do you get up before you <laughs> yeah. have a baby wake you up? Uh, so I, I have to say I've got a really great sleeper and I know other mums will hate listening to this. So um, I normally get up about 6.37 with Shay. Um, which I do not mind at all, although it's quite dark at the moment. And, um, and yeah. he's, so how many times are you getting up in the night with him? None. Yay! That's amazing! Well yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's really great. It's only been the last week or two that this has happened. He'll, he'll do a little murmur at sort of two, maybe, or five, but he's not crying. He's just having a grand. Stirring. Yeah, stirring, which obviously you're so alert to. Like, any movement they make, you're like, And is he in your room with you? So, no, he's not actually, which I know is not what they recommend. He's in the room next to me, and our doors are both open. And to be honest, we don't live in a massive house, so we're pretty close. He's pretty much in my room. Yeah. There's a wall between us. <laughs> I was like that. We had our doors. I slept by the door, and Coco was in the room. I, I mean, I, I, we did one night with her in our room, and it's like having a pig in the room. And we didn't sleep. They are wink. so we're like, No way. She's going in her own room. <laughs> but yeah, I know you have to be a bit careful. People don't always. Why is she so? Why, why are they so noisy? What do they do? They just, oh, just they make just noise. Snort and grunt and. It's all the mucus. Breathe and yeah, oh. it's all the mucus clearing. So they they get less noisy as they go on. I remember like Shay was snoring for the first week next to me. I was like, and my boyfriend snores. So I was like, this is horrific. I was like, I just have these two <laughs> snoring. His was quite cute. Kieran's not very cute. But um, yeah, I know they're so noisy. Also, I think you're yeah. so listening out for every sound. And ultimately, if they're actually crying, you're going to hear them. Absolutely. But you know, you're sort of anxious and and you know, worrying about them. And if they're right next to you, you're like, what was that? What was that? What was that? Whereas I think if there's a slight yeah, know, because they often do this pause in their breathing. So they go, they breathe, they breathe, and then they go, oh my God. And then they go, <gasps> like they sort of, they don't have an, oh like their rhythm of uh, breath. I don't know, maybe Shay might be no, different No, I think you're people, right, I read that, yeah. But you're like, oh my God. And then you suddenly hear the breathing, <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> on, on edge all the time, so it's not gonna be good for my stress level, yeah. baby. Oh no. Um, so what's your secret been to get him to sleep, sleep so well? Um, I don't know actually. I think I think it was structure of feeding in the day. So I read this amazing book. Um, she's called The Magic Sleep Fairy, Alison Scott Wright. And I don't know what it was. I just really connected with her book. You know, you read some books and you're like, you're just not for me. Like a lot of the books where the baby sleeps in the bed with you and it's very like attachment parenting. It just didn't oh, fit no, with me. No, sorry, I'm just. Yeah, I mean, I know it works for other people, but for me, I you know, and I love, I love him so much. I want to be with him at all times, but I also want him to have his own independence. Of course, you do. We're not put on this planet to share beds with our children. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, so anyway, you're being very diplomatic, <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> Um, so I really connected with her book and she talks about kind of having a, a real structure in the day. Um, he was on a three hour feeding, now he's on four hour. Um, so that was really important to me because I think the thing I found hardest about having a baby 
is how your life goes out of control. So, you know, I was used to, I wake up at this time, I eat this, I go to work at this time, I work till this amount. And because I own my own business, everything is under my control, you know. So suddenly to be out of control, I found incredibly difficult. So the idea of getting him into structure, really, mm. and it was really hard at first, and I beat myself up because it's really hard to do that in the first six weeks. But I persevered, and now he feeds four hourly, four times a day, and that's it. And look where you are now. Yeah. So. so I think, yeah, so my tips would be to persevere, even though you, at the beginning, you feel like you'll never get a regime, you'll never get a routine, and then it does happen. What else? White noise really helps if he's ever a little bit unsettled. Put the hairdryer on. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's just a constant hairdryer sound. Actually, really what? relaxes me now. <laughs> what, you actually put your hairdryer on. Yeah. So or it's, it's, it's an app, app and it has yeah. There's there's a sh sound where it just goes. Shh. <laughs> or there's the hairdryer. Oh my gosh. Oh, I see. You're not standing there with your hairdryer. <laughs> oh no no no. That would be not great for the hair. Hot as <laughs> well. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. So no, it's an app. Wow. And it's called like sleep sounds or something. And um, so the white noise really helps. Um, what else do I do? Just a bit of you know, stroking and patting. But I think well, it's, it's the regime that I think yeah. has really helped that structural feeding. And also not, um, I think at the very beginning I was just like, if he murmured, I would feed him in the night. If he like actually, did he, was he hungry? He would feed for a minute and then he'd fall back mm -hmm. to sleep. So I think it's kind of knowing, are they are they hungry or are they actually just waking yeah. up mm. for a little bit of yeah. time? Yeah, la pause, that's what they say in French, don't they? Sophie? Absolutely, kind of listening yeah, and just waiting. waiting for a minute, yeah. Well, good on you. Rosie, are you a night owl or an early bird? I'm definitely a night owl. Always have been, apparently, since I was a baby. My mum said, like, once a bit. You were not doing what Shay was. <laughs> no, I was waking her up all night, every night. Um, and then sleeping in the day, so at least you had some sort of thing. Apparently it's to do with what time you're born, I heard. Ah. I'm not sure if this is true, but I did read that your kind of circadian rhythm starts at whatever time you're born, and then you're forever stuck on this weird that thing. Is so my day should technically start at 8pm when I was born. And really? Yeah. Oh my amazing. god, that is so I don't know if that's actually true or not, maybe they should I do like it though. studies. But what time was Shay born? Shay was born at 6pm. So maybe he just got, but I was born at 1pm, so what does that make me? Because that's mm -hmm. not that's really not morning true. or I night. think it's a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go either way. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm definitely an early bird. Definitely. Like, even at this time now, I, I, I do all my writing in the morning because, I, like, now I just, my brain is dead. I struggle. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm best at, like, 10pm. That's my best writing time. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm trying to write something, wow. like, a big, long feature or something creative. 10pm is my ideal time. But this time, about 5pm, my brain just dies, I think. Like the afternoon, mm. yeah. Like, lag, I think I'm it? both. Just to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always used to read about women. I remember reading Nikki Kinnaird, who was a, the founder of Space NK. I remember reading an article with her years and years ago, saying that she got up at five and went and played tennis before work. And I thought, oh, that's so inspiring. I need to get up so early. And for a while, I used to get up really early, and it started to take its toll on me. But you know, I love the idea of being at your desk at seven o'clock. It's not that realistic with children, as I said. I did it for a while, and I just seven a.m. Yeah, I just got so tired. And in the early days before I had children, I, I would come to the office really early. Mm. But it does take its toll on you. But yeah. I, ultimately, I think if you're getting enough sleep in between, I think you can do either. But Which no I one talks about that. But I think it's fine. If you're that person that gets up at five, that's fine. But you've, I also read an article recently that was really refreshing, and it said the kind of the days of it being cool to have no sleep are sort of long gone, and actually mm. we're in this crisis of sleep deprivation and we're doing such damage to our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. So that, you know, if you are that person who's a trader who has to be at work really early or is 
is just really motivated and gets up early and that suits them, I think you know, you've got to then be strict and go to bed. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you can do both. Although I do think I can work equally as effectively early in the morning or late at night. So I think it's the creative thing that's different for me. I could do like general kind of work, but when that there's a special moment, an hour in kind of the evening, or even when I wake up in the night where I'm just really, really creative and I can't come up with that stuff in the morning ever. That's even so if fun. I sat there for hours, I couldn't do it. I don't know why. Mm. So tell us about you and work now, Maddie. So you're back to work. You took some time off. Mm-hmm. Well, you took some time off social media. Yes. How did that go? Yeah, so it was something I really wanted to do um, and I thought, why not do it around my b- the birth? And I think, especially I thought, you know, this is such a special moment, I'll never get back. Um, so for anyone listening, you went cold turkey. So yeah for two and a bit months, about four weeks before I gave birth and then six weeks after. Um, so I deleted it from my phone. Because uh, you had your phone? So I had my phone and I only used it for texting and calling. So I had no email, no uh, Instagram, no Twitter, Facebook, wow. anything. So yeah, it was really strange. I had so much more time in the I day. was going to say, you must have been, before he arrived, yeah, you must have been twiddling <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was literally like, because you, you don't realise how much time you spend on your phone. God, there are some your horrendous phone. studies of how yeah. much time you spend on your it's phone. It's like five hours or something in a day. So You can you, set an alert, which tells you how many times you check oh your Instagram God. a day. It's oh quite frightening. Oh anyway, so you did it. Yes. And it was liberating. And you're now back online. Yes, I came back online. And yeah, it was at so many people. Oh, my God, from my mum's friends to, you know, my friends to kind of work friends were like, Oh my God, you're back online! And it was—it felt we've missed you. It was such a big deal because it was like a real statement. Because I think people don't often go offline for a long periods of time, but it, yeah, it felt really right to me. Um, and I had like a newfound love for social media when I went back on, which was nice. Yeah. Sometimes you need that time off to sort of reflect. And I and I really think that giving birth is a really special time and a time that you really don't want to think about. Did your post do well? You know, you just want to focus on yeah. being with your child. And for you, that is your work. You know, Absolutely. that's the thing. They're so inextricably linked that, yeah, for you to stop work means stopping social media. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you're back to work now. You said you've got some help two days a week. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what are you up to? What are you doing now that you're back? Have things changed? Do you feel differently about work? Do you have different goals now? Yeah, I think it definitely has. I think because I have these two days, I'm like, I have to do everything in them. I'm so focused. I don't get distracted by anything because then when I'm with him, I can be present and I can just focus on him. Um, I think also it makes me want to work harder because I want to make his life amazing and have give him all the opportunities I was given. And I feel like a unit. Like you said, there's three of us now and it's about making you know everything for our family. So there's that. Um, and then also an understanding of mothers. I think, you know, I remember when I'd write recipes that were, I mean, most of my re- recipes are very simple, but, you know, these mums would say, you know, can't you just make something that's a bit more simple or this or that? And I was like, oh, come on, like, it's not that difficult. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I totally. So I think I have an understanding and a connection with what it's like to be a mum. I mean, I'm only 11 weeks in, so I'm sure I'll get more and more into it. Um, so I think that's what's changed for me. Um, what I'm up to, I'm launching or have launched uh, a range with mamas and papas, a yoga pregnancy line. So it has like uh, yoga leggings with a sort of elastic band around the stomach. So they're really nice. So that because I found a lot with, you know, when I was pregnant, working out that leggings sort of stuck here and then your fat rolled around the side. Yeah, they do. You know, you just, you're that's not looking so great. Cool. So that's really cool. And it's sort of pre-launch at the moment, but I think probably next week is the big mm, launch. That's, that's exciting. So cool. Well, we're very interested to see how you ease yourself back in and how being a mother shapes 
your content and what you do. And um, as a final point, I also think it's really interesting for people who've followed you for years and are sort of on the journey with you. So it's going to be so great to watch you kind of evolve as a mother and, and watch how that steers your career into new places. It seems like it already has. And Maddie, thank you for all my supper ideas. Um, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm having tonight. So on that note, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do email podcast at sherlux.com. And do please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. See you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.